Basketball, the basketball portion of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, in today's episode, uh, we'll just break down uh, some of the games that happened on Sunday night, as well as some of the games that have finished on Monday night and the ones that are still in progress as we're recording. Then uh, we'll just talk about some fantasy basketball pickups uh, for basketball leagues. Uh, then we'll uh, just talk some injury news, just some uh, general talk, and then we'll uh, preview some of the games for uh, the Tuesday night slate. So, uh, Nate, let's just hop right into it. Um, just taking a look at some of Sunday's uh, scores. And uh, the first game we'll start with uh, is the overtime win here for the Indiana Pacers against the Miami Heat, 109-106. Um, like, that's a big win uh, for the Pacers um i guess they're just trying to find their way into a playoff spot and miami's a team already in a playoff spot so what do you think about this game um i think when you can beat a team that's uh i guess ranked pretty high in the playoff rankings i think the heat are ranked fifth as of now that's usually a good sign um you usually want to be able to beat teams like that yeah, for sure. And um, just looking at some of the stats for the Pacers, um, they they played really solid ball. Um, Dementis Sabonis, uh, 17 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, uh, really solid for him. Uh, and then Miles Turner, 16 points um, and six rebounds, one assist. So he's just been really solid as well. And then uh, Justin Holiday in there, 15 points, uh, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. So really solid for him. And then Doug McDermott also had 15 points to go along with his seven rebounds and two assists. Um, and yeah, um, I mean, the Pacers, I guess they just seem to be turning it around. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they have a pretty well-rounded cast, at least for the starting five and for some of the people off the bench. So again, that's a very good sign for the Pacers. And then, yeah, just looking at some of the stats for Miami, we have Bam Adebayo here, 29 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks, so a big line for him. Um, and then we have Jimmy Butler here, 21 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, so another double-double there. And then we have Duncan Robinson, 13 points, five rebounds, five assists, so another solid night for him as well. And I guess for this Miami team, um, I don't know, was this an off night or, um, I mean, is this something that we need to be serious about? Cause their losing streak is now at three games. Um, I guess it could be kind of like a small warning sign. I mean, the Pacers, they have been in playoffs in the past, so it's not like they're necessarily a bad team, but at the same time, um, their scoring just hasn't. Uh, been where it could be and I think Miami could play a lot better than how they played in this game but uh, we'll have to see going forward how they perform yeah for sure and just moving on to the next game we have the OKC Thunder um, beating the uh, Houston Rockets by a score of 114 to 112 um, it's the 20th straight loss for the Rockets. It's a new uh, franchise record, and that's never a good thing when you lose 20 games in a row. Uh, just looking at some of the OKC stats, uh, we got a Lugens Dort with uh, 23 points, uh, three rebounds, three assists. Um, and then we have Isaiah Roby, 18 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Um, and then we have, uh, I think you say Svi Mick, Mikhailiuk, is that how you say it? I think so. Svi Mikhailiuk. Svi Mikhailiuk. Okay, we'll go with that. 15 points, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, so uh, just some good stats here. I think Justin Jackson also dropped 15 points, so solid from him. Um, no shy Gilgis Alexander in this game, and yet uh, OKC pulled it out. I guess it's because it's against the Rockets. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like um, almost any team who faces the Rockets, they can kind of be confident that they'll be able to get a win, which is kind of um, not what you want to 
being known as as uh, as a basketball team. So uh, we'll see if Houston can turn things around. Yeah, I guess uh, when we get to Monday night's games, uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. But I'm um, just looking at some of Houston's stats in this game. We had Christian Wood, 27 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Then we have Victor Oladipo, 23 points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals for him. We had John Wall here with 24 points, two rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. And then Daniel House Jr., um, 18 points, uh, eight rebounds, two assists. So uh, some of the players on this team had a solid night. I guess they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, it's it's always looking like they're coming up short, and it's not like they're not trying to win. It's just that, I don't know, things just haven't uh, been clicking lately. Yeah, it must be that Houston is not very good at defense because they have some very excellent offensive players on this team. I, or maybe it's just the team not gelling together. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, it could be a combination of that. I noticed that the starting five has some really good stats and some really heavy minutes. And then I guess past Kenyon Martin Jr. around that point, um, there you don't really see a lot of production there. So that could be a part of that too. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and then moving on to the next game, uh, we have the Denver Nuggets beating, or sorry, we have the uh, New Orleans Pelicans beating the Denver Nuggets by a score of 113 to 108. Um, just looking at some of the Pelicans' uh, statistics here, um, Brandon Ingram, 30 points, a six, six rebounds, eight assists, two steals, so a fantastic game for him. And also Zion Williamson dropping 30 as well with six rebounds and one assist, so he had a really solid game. Um, <clears throat> Nikel Alexander Walker, 20 points, three rebounds, one assist. So a solid game for him. And then Josh Hart, 12 rebounds, sorry, 12 points, nine rebounds, six assists. So a pretty good line there for him. And uh, what do you make of these uh, Pelicans here um, being on the uh, Denver Nuggets? I mean, it's a good sign if uh, you can beat Denver, that's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, speaking of Denver, just taking a look at some of their stats, um, we had uh, Nikola Jokic uh, with the triple-double, uh, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He's just been solid this whole year. Um, Jamal Murray, 23 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists. But Michael Porter Jr., 17 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist. And uh, Will Barton, six, 16 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals for him. So, I mean, they had guys um, putting up points on the board, but ultimately uh, Denver's just been very inconsistent this year. Yeah, it's like uh, when they're, when they're uh, good, they're really good, but then they have some nights where they're not as good. Um, again, I notice uh, their star players, they're good every night but i guess some of their role players are just kind of on and off yeah it just seems like they can't really get um, consistency throughout their lineup um <clears throat> and then just moving on to the next game um we have here uh, the boston celtics beating the orlando magic by a score of 112 to 96 um and i mean uh, jalen brown uh, just had a really fantastic game here um he he dropped 34 points uh, he had four rebounds three assists so really solid for him jason tatum 23 points four rebounds four assists and uh kemba walker 14 points five rebounds four assists and two steals for him um boston's another one of those inconsistent teams so what do you think about this win here um i mean it's a much needed win i think for boston i mean they're in the playoff conversation for sure but at the same time, you want to make sure that you can kind of beat teams that are lower in the standings. Not to say that like the Magic are that bad, but at the same time, they're not, I guess they're like kind of, they're outside of the playoff conversation for now. So uh, yeah, it's pretty important that you uh, beat teams like the Magic if you're the Celtics. Yeah, definitely beating the teams below you is really important. Um, and then I guess in this game for the Magic, um, we had uh, Nikola Vucevic, 22 points, 13 rebounds, three assists. So very solid for him. Um, James Ennis, the third, um, 18 points, uh, five rebounds, one assist. 
And then Evan Fournier, 16 points, five rebounds, two assists, and two steals for him. So a good line in the loss. And then I guess for Orlando, their season's pretty much done. I think they're a little too far. Yeah, I guess this is just going to be kind of um, there's kind of like looking to next season, see what they can improve, what's working, what's not working, um, what needs to be changed around. Yeah, um, most definitely. And then uh, just looking at the next game, we have the Brooklyn Nets beating the Washington Wizards uh, by a score of 113 to 106. Uh, Just taking a look at some of the scores from the Nets. Um, we got Kyrie Irving, 28.7 rebounds, six assists, three steals. So solid for him. James Harden, 26 points, five rebounds, eight assists, three steals for him. And uh, Joe Harris, 10 points, three rebounds, three assists, as well as Nicholas Claxton, 16 points and three rebounds for him. DeAndre Jordan added 12 points, five boards and two assists. So um, a solid overall game from this team. Well, I mean, it is the Washington Wizards. Um, I don't know. What did you think about this game? I mean, it's one of the best teams in the East against one of the worst teams in the East. So it kind of was expected that there would be a pretty solid win for Brooklyn. But I think uh, Washington still did a good job. They kept it pretty competitive. It was only a seven-point difference. It definitely could have been worse. So I'd say that um even though this was a loss i wouldn't say this was a bad loss yeah i wouldn't say it was a bad loss either uh, just taking a look at some of the stats for the wizards uh, russell westbrook 29 points 13 rebounds 13 assists big triple double for him um Rui hachimura 20 points and 10 rebounds so a solid double double for him alex len 20 points nine rebounds one assist and bradley beal 17 points, two rebounds, and five assists. So a little bit of a quiet night uh, from Bradley Beal's uh, normal standards. I assume that he'll just get right back into uh, his normal standards in the next game. Yeah, but I guess it's also good that um, you see Alex Len with 20 points, nine rebounds, Roy Hachimura, 20 points, 10 rebounds, Russell Westbrook with another triple-double as usual. So it's starting to look like um, he can kind of rely on his other teammates. Even I even see Robin Lopez here with 12 points, five rebounds. So um, even if Bradley Beal plays uh, what would be for him a bad night, um, he can still, he can start to depend on his team more, which is again, a good sign for Washington going forward. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with that. And I guess, um, Speaking of being able to depend on their team, um, it looks like Cleveland was able to do that last night. Uh, they uh, win the game uh, 116-105 over the Toronto Raptors. Um, just taking a look at some of the stats here for Cleveland. Uh, Colin Sexton dropped 36 points, three rebounds, seven, sorry, three rebounds, four assists. So uh, he had a really solid game. And then also in there, Jared Allen, 17 points, 15 rebounds, one assist. So big game for him. Um, Dean Wade here had 16 points, three rebounds, three assists. And um, Darius Garland, 15 points, five rebounds, six assists. So um, a lot of players just really came to play for the Cavs. And it just really looked like the Raptors just couldn't do anything in this game. Uh the Cleveland Cavaliers were able to keep the lead for pretty much the whole game. And especially in the third quarter where there was a big scoring drought for the Raptors and the Raptors tried to come back with uh, 30 points in the fourth, but by that point it was just too late. Uh, Cleveland was just able to run away with the game. Yeah, for sure. And just looking at some of the Raptors stats, we have Fred Van Vliet in here with uh, 23 points, one rebound, seven assists. And then we got Norman Powell, 18 points, two rebounds. Kyle Lowry, 18 points, eight rebounds, four assists. So a big night for Kyle Lowry. And then OG Ananobi with 17 points, six rebounds, and two assists. Um, just looking at these stats here, it looks like Pascal Siakam was pretty quiet in this game. Yeah, not it was not just uh, Pascal. It was a lot of the team. Normally, you would uh, see, I guess, decent production from almost everybody on the Raptors, but uh, this game, it looked like uh, they were pretty much carried by 
like four guys. And that's not something you want on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, speaking of teams trying to make the playoffs, the Chicago Bulls did themselves a favor beating the Detroit Pistons uh, by a score of 100 to 86. So a pretty big win there for the Bulls. Um, just looking at some of the stats here, we have Zach Levine, 18 points, three rebounds, one assist. Laurie Markkinen, 16 points and eight rebounds for him. And uh, Patrick Williams with 10 points, seven rebounds and one assist. Um, yeah, this Bulls team's really trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, this is, again, a game that you have to win if you're trying to make the playoffs, especially considering uh, Detroit is 15th in the East, so you wouldn't want to lose to a team like Detroit if you're trying to make the playoffs. So, again, solid win by the Bulls. Yeah, and just looking at some of the stats for Detroit here, uh, Jeremy Grant, 26 points, one rebound, two assists, really solid. Uh, Mason Plumlee, uh, 12 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, four steals, two blocks, so a really big line for him. Um, Frank Jackson, 12 points, five rebounds, and Isaiah Stewart, 11 points and six rebounds. So, I mean, Detroit did have some decent scoring, but I guess they, they've just been in a, a really bad team overall this year. Yeah, they just haven't been able to, I guess, compare offensively to the other teams. Um, I've heard other commentators say that their defense is pretty uh, decent, but I guess it looks like they have to kind of work on their offense more now. Yeah, for sure. And we have another overtime game here. The Philadelphia 76ers uh, beat the New York Knicks in overtime by a score of 101 to 100. So um, that's a really close win for the Sixers. Um uh, definitely uh, them missing guys like Embiid, uh, missing guys um, like um, Seth Curry and others. It, it was just really tough for them, but they were able to eke out the win. Shake Milton, 21 points, three rebounds, three assists. Tobias Harris, 20 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals. Big game for him. Ben Simmons, 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists. And Danny Green, 11 points, three rebounds, one assist, five steals, and three blocks. So another huge fantasy day for Danny Green owners. Um, yeah, what do you think about this game, for Philly especially? Um, it was a clutch win, especially with Embiid out. Um, they, they proved that they're deep enough to still take games. So that's, again, really important um, when you get into the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Um, just looking at some of the stats for the Knicks, Julius Randle, 24.7 rebounds, three assists, five steals, so a big game for him. Uh, Alec Burks, 20.6 rebounds, four assists, three steals, so a solid game for him as well. RJ Barrett in there with 19 points, eight rebounds, four assists. And Nerlens Noel, 13 points and 10 rebounds for the double-double. So the Knicks just played well, but the Sixers are such a good team this year. Yeah, they're one of the teams that are really difficult to stop, especially if you're one of the other teams in the East. And New York did as well as I think you could expect them to. It was basically down to the wire, and they almost took it. But uh, 76ers were just able to hold on to the win. And it was all the way in overtime, too. So, again, this is what I wouldn't consider not a, a bad loss, in my opinion. Yeah, and speaking of a game that definitely wasn't down to the wire, uh, we have the Phoenix Suns uh, beating up on the LA Lakers. Uh, no LeBron James in this game, no Anthony Davis. Um, the Suns are just such a deep team. They're such a good team this year. They just dominated this game. Just looking at some of the stats, DeAndre Ayton, 26 points at eight rebounds, two assists. Devin Booker, 26 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Um, Jay Crowder, 11 points, five rebounds, two assists. Chris Paul, 11 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists for the triple double. So really solid from Chris Paul and Mikel Bridges, 10 points, six rebounds, one assist. So a uh, very solid for him as well. Um, I mean, can the Lakers beat anybody right now, or is this Phoenix team just really good? I mean, I think the Lakers would be will be able to beat some teams. I don't know um, how high of the caliber of teams they'll be able to beat. Um, it looks like Phoenix isn't one of those teams. Um, 
especially uh, with all the players that they have. They're just way too deep to be able to take without your two best players. Yeah, for sure. And um, they really had um, just two players that mainly went off for them. Um, Montrezl Harrell uh, had 23 points, 10 rebounds. Dennis Schroeder had 22 points, one rebound, and three assists. And then just one other notable here, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, 17.6 rebounds and three assists. And then there wasn't much else. I, I mean, Kuzma did have 13 points, but I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, they're just really missing LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, everybody else will do their best to kind of pick up the slack. But again, uh, missing LeBron James and missing AD is uh, it's kind of tough to come back from, especially when you're in the West. Yeah, for sure. And uh, speaking of another Western game here, we have the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trail Blazers. The Mavericks really beating up on the Blazers, 132 to 92. Um, just a solid game from Dallas here. Luka Doncic, uh, th- 37 points, seven rebounds, four assists, really solid. Um, and then Josh Richardson, 21 points, three rebounds, four assists. Uh, and then Dorian Finney-Smith, 13 points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, Porzingis had 12 points, eight rebounds, four assists. And then Tim Hardaway in there with 11 points, six rebounds. So just really solid from Dallas. Uh, this is definitely a must win for them. They're definitely trying to get that playoff spot. I think they've been playing really well as of late. Yeah, for sure. I think they're uh, really proving that uh, they deserve to be in the playoffs, especially if they keep playing like this for the rest of the season. And I really wasn't expecting them to beat Portland twice. Um, this I don't remember if this was a back to back but they did play Portland uh, shortly before this game and they won the last game as well so again a very solid performance by Dallas yeah and they've won seven out of their last 10 so they're definitely doing themselves a favor trying to get into the playoffs uh, just looking at Portland stats um, Damian Lillard 19 points uh, one rebound four assists uh, we got Gary Trent Jr. in here with 16 points two rebounds one assist uh, Nazir Little, uh, 14 points, two rebounds, one assist. And CJ McCollum, 13 points, two rebounds, and one assist. And I guess as for the Blazers, they have been hot. They've won seven out of their last 10. But I guess this was just uh, a really determined Dallas team. Yeah, it was just uh, really hard to stop. Uh, even with uh, Damian Lillard, he wasn't able to, I guess, clutch uh, the game out like he normally is. Like sometimes he'll just get 40 points and take the win. But uh, this wasn't uh, that night. And they they are still missing uh, Yusuf Nurkic, which doesn't help, especially when you have to go up against Porzingis and Doncic. So, yeah, it was a really tough game for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely something um, to think about um, when Portland does get him back, that they'll definitely be a better team. And I guess just moving to some of the Monday scores here, um, the Sacramento Kings beating the Cleveland Cavaliers by a score of 119 to 105. Um, and just looking at some of the stats from this game for Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox, 30.6 rebounds, six assists, really solid. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, 28 points, one rebound, two assists. Uh, we got Buddy Heald, 19 points, six rebounds, two assists. We got Rayshon Holmes with uh, 17 points, 16 rebounds, and three assists. So what do you think about this Kings team? Uh, do you think they have a chance to try and get back and maybe try and get into a playoff spot? Or I, I guess maybe it might be a little too late for them. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll be able to uh, make the playoffs this year. It's a bit too late. Um, yeah, they have about 25 losses. And... Yeah, they're just uh, way too behind at this point. But I think this is still not a bad Kings team. They do have a pretty good starting five. They just need to kind of work on their depth a little bit. Yeah, speaking of another team that's kind of far, Cleveland just seems to be pretty far from the playoffs as well. Um, JaVel McGee, 18 points, nine rebounds, three assists. So big game for him. Then Darius Garland, 17 points, two rebounds, one, sorry, 17 points, two assists, one steal for him. 
And then Colin Sexton, 15 points, four rebounds, seven assists. And I mean, I, I guess this was just a game that, you know, maybe we thought Cleveland was going to be in it early, but I guess ultimately Sacramento just really came through and got the win. Yeah, especially in the third where they were out, able to outscore Cleveland by 10 points. I mean, Cleveland, um, they're looking like a pretty good uh, young team and they're improving at a decent rate, but uh, I guess they're not at the point where uh, we can expect them to be a deep threat anytime soon. Yeah, and um, I guess just looking at one of the other games, um, we had uh, the OKC Thunder um, beating the Minnesota Timberwolves by a score of 112 to 103. Um, and then just looking at some of the stats for OKC, um, we got in here Shy Gilgis Alexander back for this game 31 points, three rebounds, four assists. He's pretty much the heartbeat of this team. Um, we got Ty Jerome in here 15 points, four rebounds, six assists. Um, Kendrick Williams, uh, 12 points, four rebounds, and three assists. And uh, Alexei uh, Pokusevsky, um, 13 points, 10 rebounds, two assists for the double double. So solid from him as well. Um, I guess these were just two bottom teams in the West that just went at it and OKC just looked like the better team. Yeah, I was actually kind of expecting uh, Minnesota to win a little bit, but uh, I guess just looking at the scores, uh, Minnesota just didn't have enough uh, personnel, I guess, producing enough. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, really solid game. Anthony Edwards, solid game. Ricky Rubio solid, Jalen Noel solid, but um, there is solid production from, I guess, a large, larger portion of OKC than uh, Minnesota this game. Yeah, Carl uh, Anthony Towns with the 33.10 rebound double-double. Then, like you said, Ricky Rubio, 11.11 assists, double-double for him. Uh, Anthony Edwards, 16 points. Jalen Noel, 14 points. So, I mean, they did have some scores, but... I, I guess it just wasn't enough. Not this game, unfortunately. Yeah, and speaking of an unfortunate result, uh, I was watching the Spurs game here. Uh, they lost to the Hornets by a score of 100 to 97. Uh, they lost really late there. Um, it was it was really close. Game went right down to the wire. So just looking at some of the Hornet scores, Gordon Hayward, 27 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. P.J. Washington, 10 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Terry Rozier, 24 points, three rebounds, six assists. Uh, he's doing a really good job filling in for LaMelo Ball. And then Malik Monk, 11 points and three, one rebound, three assists for him. So, um, yeah, it looks like Charlotte played solid without LaMelo. Yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward is still, I guess, an all-star caliber player. Like, he's one of those players that are like, you could argue that he is an all-star base on like, I guess, depending on how you want to um, argue, argue his stats and argue his play style, but he definitely showed how good he was this game. Yeah, for sure. And I'm um, just looking at some of the Spurs scores here. <clears throat> Their MVP, DeMar DeRozan, 28 points, two rebounds, five assists, really solid. Um, Derek White, 21 points, three rebounds, one assist. He also had a good game. And then both Patty Mills and Rudy Gay throwing up 10 points there in the loss. Um, and as for the Spurs, I mean, uh, the West is tough. Um, they've just been 500 over their last 10. I think that they really need to really turn this around or else they could actually drop out of a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, again, the Hornets aren't that bad of a team either. I think they're also in the playoff race, but at the same time, um, the the West is like the conference where 500 just isn't good enough. So uh, you want to be able to make sure that you win these type of games. Yeah, speaking of the type of games that you need to win, Utah really has turned things around after this game here on Monday night. They beat the Bulls 120 to 95, big blowout. Um, just a solid game for the Jazz. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 30 points, six rebounds, six assists. Um, you got Rudy Gobert, 21 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. Um, you got Joe Ingles, 17 points, seven rebounds, one assist. 
uh, Jordan Clarkson, 16 points, five rebounds, two assists, and Mike Conley, 15 points, uh, three rebounds, four assists. So a really solid game for this whole Jazz squad. And then just looking at the Bulls, uh, Zach Levine, 27 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Um, Thaddeus Young, 14 points, nine rebounds, two assists. Thomas Sanaransky, 13 points, two rebounds, four assists. And Kobe White adding 10 points as well. Um, yeah, the Jazz just did what they needed to do, which they haven't really been doing as of late. Yeah, I guess this is uh, the game where they kind of have to shake the rust off and uh, go out and try to show everybody why they're still, I guess, number one in the West. And I guess they were a tough matchup for a Bulls team that's really trying to make the playoffs there in the East. Yeah, the Jazz team is a tough team just for most teams in general, but it doesn't help, especially when you're ninth and you're trying to get a playoff spot. Yeah, um, and then speaking of a team that's trying to get a playoff spot, uh, the Boston Celtics uh, losing one in overtime to the Memphis Grizzlies, 132-126. I just looking at some of the stats uh, for the Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant, 29 points, uh, five rebounds, nine assists. Uh, Dylan Brooks, 24 points, five, sorry, 24 points, seven rebounds, seven assists for him. And then uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 16 points, 19 rebounds, two assists. So really solid for him. Kyle Anderson adding 14 points, five rebounds, and seven assists. I mean, this Grizzlies team is actually trying to make the playoffs there in the West. Yeah, and they're pretty close. Um, again, they're another 500 team, but as we said before, that isn't quite good enough to make the playoffs, but beating a team like the Celtics is a good start uh, to being able to, to, I guess, earn a playoff spot. So as long as they keep uh, beating other playoff caliber teams, they should be, uh, I guess, on their way. I I guess we'll have to see if they get the spot. But again, beating playoff caliber teams is always a good sign. Yeah. <clears throat> and speaking of a team that's not really playoff caliber, the Boston Celtics, just looking at some of their scores, uh, 27 points for Jalen Brown. He also had nine rebounds, five assists. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Teague, 26 points and six assists. And uh, Marcus Smart, 16 points, uh, along with his five rebounds and five assists. And then Robert Williams, 17 points, six rebounds and four assists. And I mean, um, for this Boston team, uh, missing Jason Tatum, I had a feeling it was going to affect them a little bit. It definitely did. Uh, they're just barely in that eighth spot there in the East. Um, they've just been so inconsistent. Yeah, Jason Tatum is uh, one of their best scorers, if not the best scorer on the team. So um, everybody's been uh, trying to step up and try to trying to fill in, but they're just missing um, that guy who can just get, I guess, get points for you. And Jason Tatum is the guy on their team who you just need to give him the ball and he'll just score. So... Again, uh, really unfortunate for the Boston Celtics, but I guess they'll have to look for the next game. Yeah, speaking of a team that was also missing their main guy, but they got it done. Milwaukee hammering the Pacers without Yanis, 140-113. to This was a big-time blowout. Uh, Milwaukee scores here. Drew Holiday, 28 points, five rebounds, 14 assists, double-double for him. Chris Middleton, 25 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Pat Connaughton, uh, 20 points, nine rebounds, two assists. And Bobby Portis, 18 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. He also finished with a double-double. And, I mean, Brooke Lopez even put down 18 points. This Bucks team just broke out. Yeah, I was uh, expecting. It was looking like the Pacers were able to keep it, would be able to keep it competitive going into the game, but um, the Bucks showed that you know they're still third in the East, so a uh, very dominant performance by the Bucks. And I guess a big question for the Bucks was: um, Is the Bucks deep enough to contend in the playoffs without Giannis? And 
uh, this looks like this might be the answer going forward. Yeah, we, our questions were definitely answered with the Bucks, but then as for the Pacers, um, I mean, they're trying to get into the playoffs, but they, I feel like this was sort of the game they should have taken. I mean, just looking at some of the stats here, um, DeMantis Sabonis, 22 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Um, Jeremy Lamb, 21 points, six rebounds, five assists. Doug McDermott, 20 points, two rebounds, one assist. And Karis LeVert, 19 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals for him. So, I mean, they did put up some solid stats, but it just, it wasn't even close. It wasn't close at all. I mean, the the Bucks just found a way to just hold on to the lead and more than more than hold on to the lead. They were just able to outscore the Pacers at almost every turn. And like you said, like the Pacers, they didn't do bad at all at all, but this game wasn't nearly enough. Yeah, I'm um, speaking of a weird game here. Uh, we have a couple games left. Let me just get to this one first here uh, from Monday night. The LA Clippers with a big comeback, beating the Atlanta Hawks and ending their winning streak, 119-110. I mean, I did like the Clippers in this game, but once the Hawks went up, I did not expect them to come back. But the Clippers roared back in a big comeback. And, I mean, what do you think about this game? Um. I think this was an important, an important game for the Clippers. Um, they are fourth, and the Hawks are fifth in the East. So, you want to be able to show that you can uh, beat teams like the Hawks going into the playoffs. So, uh, they were also uh, missing Serge Ibaka. So, I guess that's another question that they have for the Clippers. Uh, without a player like Serge Ibaka, would they still be able to? get the job done and it looks like they are yeah they they clearly did get the job done uh Kawhi Leonard 25.7 rebounds five assists um Terrence Mann uh 21 points 10 rebounds two assists for the double double Luke Kennard 20 points seven rebounds four assists and Marcus Morris with 19 points two rebounds one assist um even Paul George didn't get double digit points and I mean they still won this game um how surprised are you at that I'm a little bit surprised. I I wouldn't expect uh, Marcus Morris to be the one getting 19 and for Paul George to only get eight. But I guess just looking at some of the people who I guess were on the bench, you had Luke Kennard with 20 and seven, Terrence Mann with 21 and 10. So again, a very impressive performance by the bench and very impressive performance by Marcus Morris. Yeah, most definitely. And then just looking at some of the stats from this Hawks team, Trey Young, 28 points, five rebounds, eight assists. John Collins, 23 points, seven rebounds, one assist. And Clint Capella, 12 points, 14 rebounds. Tony Snell, 13 points to go with his six rebounds and one assist. So, I mean, just mainly two guys put up points for the Hawks. And then I guess they just got contained there in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi is the claw. Yeah, um, Kawhi, he's just a, another just dominant player on both ends uh, of the floor. And, I mean, um, I guess just using this as a transition, uh, he his old team just really didn't fare well. Uh, this is I saved this game for last because I really wanted to talk about this. The Houston Rockets ending their 20-game losing streak by beating the Toronto Raptors by a score of 117 to 99. I know your favorite team is the Raptors, and you also know that I like to watch the Raptors as well. Um, I think at this point, the Raptors season is done. I think we can agree with that. Um, I think that they really need to focus on rebuilding their team. Um, and then, yeah, this is... I don't know whether it was just the determination of the Rockets or if it was just a poor performance from the Raptors or both. Um, I, I guess before I get your opinion on it, let me just get to some of the scores from Houston here. Um, Sterling Brown, 20 points, 10 rebounds, two assists for the double-double. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, uh, 22 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals for him. 
Daniel House, 12 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. And John Wall, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists for the triple-double. Christian Wood uh, throwing down 19 points as well to go with his 4 rebounds and 1 assist. What happened here? I mean, it's kind of... It's just once again, the, the Raptors weren't able to keep up with the scoring of the other team, which is weird to say because uh, just uh, last year and the year before, they were one of the teams that were really good defensively. So I'm not sure if it's because uh, they're missing Serge Ibaka still and they haven't been able to replace him. I'm not sure if um, the coach adjustments um, haven't been enough. I know that um, you can kind of see uh, Nick Nurse, he's uh, trying, I guess he's he's doing what he can and he's uh, looking, looking pretty frustrated at times. So uh, it's not like they're not trying. I know Chris Boucher got 10 rebounds, but he was, he only got four points. So um, one th- something I've noticed about the Raptors is that the the roster has a lot of um, forwards and a lot of guards, and their uh, big man position is pretty thin. So they're going to need to, I guess, find a way to kind of um, bolster that. But we'll have to see uh, what happens next season. Yeah, Um Speaking of their center position, Pascal Siakam did start at center in this game, which shows a lack of depth, as you spoke of. Uh, He had 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, so good double-double for him. Um, Fred Van Vliet, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals, so a big game for Van Vliet as well. Kyle Lowry, 17 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists. And Norman Powell, 19 points, uh, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, But other than that, um, I know we had talked about this with the Kings uh, last couple episodes where they were just relying too much on their starters. And I mean, the rest of their team just hasn't been doing much outside of that. I mean, Chris Boucher is not even scoring anymore. Neither is Aaron Baines. Um, Stanley Johnson is clearly not working out for them. Malachi Flynn. I mean, you can go through this whole roster. Um, I mean, Terrence Davis wasn't even in the lineup. So um Honestly, um, I don't know what to make of this Raptors team anymore. Uh, I don't really know either. Like normally you would see like not just a starting five, but the bench has uh, pretty good production. But it looks like um, Nick Nurse is just, he's just trying what he can, trying um, whatever lineup he, he thinks is going to have a chance. So um, I guess we're just going to have to uh, see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and losing nine games in a row is not going to help you get into the playoffs. No, not at all. All right, uh, let's just um, move from there into our fantasy pickups. Um, I'll start with three of your pickups, and then I'll get to three of mine. And then you can finish off your pickups, and then I'll finish off the rest of mine. So uh, just get to three players that uh, you really think are good pickups for fantasy ball leagues. Uh, sure. Uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Vika Zubak. Um, he's 38% rostered right now, uh, rank 87. Um, he's averaging 8.4 points, 6.9 rebounds, and 1.1 assists. Um, against the game versus Atlanta, he got 12 points, nine rebounds, one assist, one steal, and two blocks. So very good stat line. Um, he's had, uh, I guess, multiple games where he's um, had double digits, in, double digits in points, and he's had um, a really good amount of rebounds. Um, so points and rebounds are where most of his value is, but he can get decent um i guess a category coverage for most categories and he is going to have uh, decent minutes going forward until Serge Ibaka comes back so if you're uh looking for a center on the waiver wire um he's definitely someone that you want to take a look at and uh next i have Dorian Finney-Smith um 
he's averaging 8.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 1.4 assists. Um, he's a player that, uh, again, he gets decent minutes almost every game. And he uh, gets a decent amount of rebounds. Uh, he can get some steals and he can get some assists for you. And he can occasionally get blocks. And he has some upside in threes and points. And uh, again, he does get a lot of minutes, so you don't have to worry about him uh, not play, uh, playing enough for the most part. So if you're in a, a deep league and you need a small forward or a power forward, you should take a look at him. And uh, next I have Nicholas Claxton for the Brooklyn Nets. He's about 13% rostered right now. Um, he has 9.3 points, 3.9 rebounds, and one assist. Um, he's been getting more minutes because he's been um, on fire right now. Um, his game against Washington, he got 16 points, three rebounds, one steal, and three blocks. So again, uh, very solid. And he's been getting decent numbers across uh, most categories. And uh, his minutes has been going up. His field goal is decent. His free throws is okay. And uh, if you're in a deep league uh, you, and you need a center, he's basically somebody that you want to take a look at. Um, I think going forward, uh, more people are probably going to be uh, picking him up. So if you're in a shallow league, you might want to put him on a watch list depending on how well he performs. And uh, that's pretty much my first three. All right. Um, let me just move into some of my picks here. I got uh, Taylor Horton Tucker from the LA Lakers. He's about a 35% roster. He's been added around 20% in the last week. Uh, this is following the LeBron James injury. Um, both LeBron and AD being out of the lineup definitely opens up some minutes and he's played well um, his last five games he's averaged around 15 points uh, he's averaged around five rebounds um, he's averaged around five assists as well um, he's just playing really solid he'll throw in some steals and blocks in there um, his uh, free throw is almost perfect uh, his field goal can really leave more to be desired so you uh, you might want to fade him on the field goal, but everything else he's really solid. He's putting um, good numbers up. Um, he can be picked up in any level of league, uh, whether it's a standard uh, 12 team league or even deeper than that. So definitely Horton Tucker's a must add. And then I got Dwight Howard here. Um, Embiid is still out for the 76ers. Uh, so Dwight Howard, uh, he's the guy. Uh, he's double doubled in four out of his last five games. So really solid uh, for points, uh, rebounds. I mean, he'll get around one assist per game um, and then around one steal and around two blocks per game. So pretty solid. Obviously, Dwight Howard's not uh, good, great for free throws. So uh, don't pick him up for that. And his field goal is pretty decent. It's around uh, 0. Uh, 0.500. So uh, definitely a solid pickup. And um, just looking at uh, one more uh, player I have here. I have uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, he's around 40% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's added close to 10% in the last week, so definitely people are jumping on this guy. I mean, he's just been going crazy in his last three games. He's averaged around 25 points. He's averaged around three rebounds, around three assists. Um, he's averaged around one and a half steals. Um, he's been perfect in those three games on his free throw. And his field goal has been uh, averaging over 0.500. So definitely a must add. Um, he's being added across all leagues. So definitely Jordan Poole is a must add for fantasy. And I'll get back to you, Nate, for your last few picks. All right. So for my fourth pick, I've got uh, Patrick Williams. Um, he's averaging 9.9 .9 points, 5 rebounds, 1.3 assists. Um his Utah game wasn't uh, the best. He got six points, four rebounds, and one in every other category. But in his Detroit game, he got 10.7 rebounds, uh, one assist, and two blocks. Um, he's 17% rostered, so he's a deeply uh, player that can uh, get multiple categories for you. He gets decent minutes. Um, his field goal and his free throws, they're kind of streaky, but... He does have high upside, so I think he's somebody that you can uh, consider putting um, on your team. Uh, again, I guess field goal is the only thing to uh, watch out for, but 
I think you have if you have other players with high field goal, then you shouldn't have to worry too much. And uh, next, I have Isaiah Roby. Um, he's averaging nine points, five point five rebounds, one point eight assists. Um, he's been getting um, a very good amount of minutes as well. Um, his uh, points has been getting uh, multiple double uh, digits in points. Uh, he gets decent amount of rebounds. He gets a good amount of assists and a decent amount of steals. And he can occasionally get blocks. So he's a player that you're mostly going to um, look for to have uh, points and rebounds, but he can fill in other categories for you as well. Um, his field goal is pretty decent and his free throws are pretty decent as well. So um, if you're in a deep league, I definitely recommend you pick up Isaiah Roby. And uh, my last pick is Ty Jerome. Um, he's about 7% rostered right now. Um, he's averaging 9.4 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. Um, he's been getting uh, pretty good minutes, and he gets a lot of threes. Um, he gets a decent amount of rebounds for a guard. He gets a lot of assists. He gets a okay amount of steals. So uh, if you need somebody who can shoot threes and get points and get some assists, uh, you should, uh, I guess, de definitely take a look at Tydrome, especially if you're in a deep league. All right, that sounds good. I have a couple more pickups here. Um, TJ McConnell from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, you can play both point guard and shooting guard. He's close to 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's been added close to 15% in the last week. Uh, so definitely a guy that people are jumping on. Uh, he's uh, ranked 62 on the season. Um, I'd say in his last four games, he's averaged close to 15 points. Uh, he's averaged around five rebounds. He's averaged like around nine assists. So he's really doing well there. Um, he's gotten at least one steal per game, up to three steals a game. Um, he'll throw in a block here and there. Perfect free throw. Uh, averaging a field goal of point seven hundred in his last four games. So this guy is just balling at another level. McCall McConnell's a must add in standard leagues. Deep leagues, he's probably not even available. So he's close to 50%. Uh, pick him up if you see him on the waiver in standard leagues. Uh, and if he's there somehow in deep leagues, pick him up as well. Uh, he's pretty much a must-add as he's almost 50%. Might even be over 50% um, after we um, upload this podcast. So I definitely keep an eye out for him. And then just one more pickup that I have is Alec Burks from the New York Knicks. Uh, he's around 35% roster. He's been added almost 10% in the last week. Um, he's just been playing really solid as of late. I'd say in his last three games, he's averaged around 20 points. He's averaged around seven rebounds. He's averaged around two assists. Uh, really solid. He had three steals in his last game. Uh, he's had a block in each of his past three games. Almost a perfect free throw. Uh, his field goal has been uh, pretty good as well. So definitely a must add um, is Alec Burks from the New York Knicks. And um, that was my last pickup. So I guess we'll just move into some of the news from around the NBA. Uh, I'll definitely look at um, a couple of major injuries here. Um, LeBron James uh, suffered a high ankle sprain uh, on Saturday, and it looks like he'll be out indefinitely. I did talk to our injury um, analyst, um, Victoria, and she definitely said that high ankle sprains are, um, in, in terms of timetable, they're around a three-week to three-month timetable. So just depending on the player and the severity, it's anywhere between three weeks and three months. So um, we don't know how long LeBron James is going to be out, but what do you think this means for the Lakers? Um, everybody else on the team is going to have to step up. So, um, I guess you're probably going to see higher production from players that you wouldn't expect. For example, um, Alex Caruso just hasn't had a chance to, I guess, get in, I guess, get enough um, production, but he was able to kind of uh, jump up and get seven points and four rebounds in their last game. And, uh, KCP also had seven points seven points so uh especially from i guess positions where 
uh, you you would expect LeBron to play. Other players would have to kind of fill in for that. So that's probably going to be um, probably the biggest impact for Lakers. Yeah, we saw Schroeder and Harrell take over uh, in that last game for the Lakers in terms of point-wise. Um, yeah, those two will be the two major pieces in my mind for this Lakers team moving forward if they want to keep their playoff spot without LeBron and also a big man, Anthony Davis. Yeah, for sure. Probably uh, Schroeder and uh, Montrez Harrow are probably going to have a big jump in production. So if you have them on your roster, don't forget to start them. Yeah. Um, and uh, just another injury that we can get to. Uh, it looks like LaMelo Ball will miss the rest of the season. He's got a wrist fracture. Uh, he's most likely going to need surgery. He's definitely getting a second opinion uh, on this Um and uh, I guess that's just a tough blow for the Hornets. I know that they did win Monday's game without LaMelo Ball, but I guess if they were thinking of trying to go on a deep run in the playoffs, it's going to be really tough without uh, one of their best players. Yeah, it's really unfortunate for the Hornets, but um, I guess it's kind of like one of the things that kind of spoiled what would have been such a great year for the Hornets. I'd still say this is probably their most successful year in a long time, especially if they're able to make the playoffs. So, I mean, this is bad news, but it it could definitely be worse for the Hornets. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I guess just using that to transition into uh, looking at the Eastern Conference standings as we speak, uh, the Charlotte Hornets are in the sixth position um, the NBA did announce this week that they'll be having a play-in round. Uh, so the 7 to 10 seeds uh, will sort of play for the last two playoff spots. So they'll, they'll do a, whether it's a mini series or, or whatever it might be. So uh, it looks like uh, from team 7 to 10, uh, they'll all have a chance to make the playoffs after the season has finished. And uh, what do you think about that? Um. That's kind of interesting. I think they did something similar during the bubble as well. Yeah, I believe that might have just been the 8th and ninth only, if I'm not mistaken. But this will be the 7, 8, 9, and 10 play-in. So um, I believe the 7th will face the 10th, the 8th will face the ninth, and I guess the, the two winners will get the two spots there in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that's good. There's a little bit more um, leniency this year. So if you weren't able to make the top eight, um, there is still a chance. Yeah, but a team like uh, the 11th seed Toronto Raptors just seem to just be falling further and further out of it. They're not even in a top 10 spot after losing their ninth straight. Um, I think it might be over for the Raptors this year. Uh, unless they turn things around exactly at the next, the next game um that's kind of what it's looking like um i feel like this losing streak might end up being worse before it gets better but we'll have to see hopefully it doesn't become another houston rockets level losing streak that's the worst thing that can happen yeah um and i mean houston uh, does stay above uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves after getting that win, but they're, of course, still too far from the playoffs in the West. Uh, those four teams there in that bubble area, uh, the Spurs at seventh, losing Monday night, um, the Dallas Mavericks uh, winning Sunday night, they're in eighth, then you got the Golden State Warriors, they're in ninth, and the Memphis Grizzlies, who won Monday night, they're in tenth. So, I mean... There's all good teams there. Any of those four could make the playoffs. So what do you think about those four teams? Um, it's going to be a really tough um, race to the playoffs, that's for sure. And yeah, especially for a team like the San Antonio Spurs, who were just so much higher up. And they've just been so inconsistent as of late, only winning five out of their last 10. Man, if they go into a series against the Grizzlies, I mean... Anything can happen, and I'm just afraid that, you know, the, the Spurs might not uh, come out on top because I like being inconsistent like this. The Grizzlies, they've looked really solid as of late. Yeah, I think the Grizzlies are not 
the best matchup for the Spurs either. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, just any other thoughts that you might have here on the Western Conference or even the East? Um, not really too much. I think that um, I guess the playoffs are pretty. The playoff teams are pretty much looking how. This is pretty much how we can kind of expect it to look. Definitely from one to five, it's going to be one of one of these five teams, I guess, especially in the West. But things could shuffle around a bit. Um, hopefully, the Raptors can turn things around in the next few games. Otherwise, there's 100% going to be no hope. But right now, it's just a 70 to 80% no hope. So there's still a chance. I mean, yeah, they'll definitely have to start turning things around right away. Um, and yeah, um, let's just use that as a way to transition uh, to our preview of Tuesday's slate. Um, I know you've definitely been doing a better job at um, picking some of these um, games than I have, uh, for sure. You are more of an expert on ball than I am. So uh, let me just uh, cut it straight. Uh, with you uh, for the slate on Tuesday. Uh, we have the Denver Nuggets at the Orlando Magic. We've got a spread of about seven and a half points favoring the Denver Nuggets. Um, after their most recent loss, um, do you think that they'll keep it close uh, with Orlando or do you think that they can win by more than that? Um, I think it's possible that they can win by more than seven points but I'm not entirely sure. So uh, I could, I think you could still go with Denver for seven points. Yeah, I think that uh, Denver has uh, been pretty hot as of late. Uh, they just did have a misstep in their last game, but they should you know, be able to get back on track. Um, speaking of a team that needs to get back on track, we have the LA Lakers at the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, the Lakers um, are underdogs by six points. Um, do you think the Pelicans can win by that much? I think that they might, but I don't know about you. Um, by six points, I mean, um, maybe it depends um how much I guess Montrez Harrell kind of steps up. It's gonna be hard, especially with um Zion, and they don't have LeBron and Anthony Davis to kind of mitigate that. So that's another thing to factor in as well. This could be a bigger score than even six points. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely possible. And then just moving to the next game, uh, the Washington Wizards at the New York Knicks. Uh, do you think the Knicks play better here, or do you think Washington could take this game? It's only a two-point spread either way, favoring the Knicks. Um, I think that there's a chance that Washington can come back. Um, do you see Washington taking the game or do you still see the Knicks taking this? Um, it's hard to say. I guess I guess I'll go with uh, Washington on this. Yeah, I know Washington has been playing better. I guess to be different, I, I kind of like the Knicks in this matchup. They kind of I went down in a heartbreak last game, and I think that they might try and rebound. Um, just looking at a game here, we don't have a spread for yet. Um, most likely the Brooklyn Nets will be favored against the Portland Trailblazers. It looks like Brooklyn will be out Ky be without Kyrie Irving for this game. Uh, does that make Portland uh, a, a decent chance at winning this game, or is this game still firmly in Brooklyn's hands? I think as long as uh, both James Harden and Kevin Durant are still healthy, then I think it's still firmly in the Brooklyn Nets' hands. Basically, it's instead of, well, I guess it's like you can't, can't, you can't, can't count out um, the Brooklyn Nets, basically. Yeah, they've just been very dominant. Um, and then the last game on the slate, the Philadelphia 76ers at the Golden State Warriors. Uh, no Joel Embiid, obviously, in this game. Um, who takes this, Golden State or Philadelphia? I think it's going to be close, especially without um, Joel Embiid. So there is a possibility of an up, 
an upset, but Philadelphia is still um, really deep. So I guess I'm liking Philly as well. Yeah. 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 They, uh, it'll just depend on the spread, obviously. But if we're just picking sort of a winner uh, without a spread, um, yeah, I'm really liking Philly as well. Like you said, they're deep. They can win without a guy like Embiid. So um, I know Golden State is not really deep at any of the the big uh, forward or center positions. So it's going to be really tough for them against Philly. It'll basically be the Steph Curry show on the Draymond Green show. Yeah. Well, uh, Golden State's going to really need to pull out one of their best efforts if they're going to get the win here. Yeah, for sure. All right. And uh, that's sort of a wrap uh, previewing the Tuesday slate here. Um, Thanks again for listening to uh, Big Time Basketball uh, presented by the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Um, we are now on Twitter uh, and Instagram at FanFanPodcast. So definitely uh, go check us out. Uh, we try to provide some picks uh, every day uh, for both NHL and NBA. And of course, we'll definitely be providing picks when the NFL gets back um for the next season but uh yeah we're, we try and give you some picks um take them fade them whatever you like uh we just put them there because some people have been asking uh for some picks for games so we definitely try and provide those um so once again just thank you uh for listening to this episode of big time basketball uh nate thanks again and uh, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode <music>